Welcome to the Let's Talk Energy podcast from EnergyNet. This series was recorded at the Africa Energy Forum 2023 in Nairobi, Kenya. Join us for this and other episodes as we talk to the industry players, stakeholders and rising stars of Africa's energy sector. Hello everyone, welcome to the YES podcast 2023. My name is Amin and I take care of the partnerships for the Youth Energy Summit. Uh, with us today we have a special guest called uh, Morgan Hillenbrand. So how are you Morgan? Good Amin, it's a pleasure to be here. We've been having an incredible week here at AEF and YES. Um, my name, as you said, is Morgan Hillenbrand. I am a social and behavior change communication expert and the director of communications for USAID's Engendering Industries program. So it's been wonderful to be here speaking with young people about the program and companies about how they can work with us. And we're really, um, we've really had an incredible week. Thank you, Morgan. So. Uh one of the points that I have really appreciated yesterday in the IFC Power Africa uh, talk that you had is the very practical approach that you have uh, in terms of gender inequalities, etc. So can you tell us a little bit more about your initiative and also project us into uh, using it? Because I think that it's really innovative and it's the future. <laughs> yes. So transformational change on gender equality requires a systems wide approach to advance women across a corporate structure. Engendering Industries has developed a model over the last seven years that really delivers that approach. So we have six components, or what we call pillars, of our program approach. The first is using data. We used an, an evidence-based approach that's based on global research and best practice for advancing women in the workforce. What the global research tells us is that um, energy companies that have gender balanced leadership teams are report a 59% higher innovation and creativity than energy companies that have male dominated leadership teams. So when we start working with our partner companies, we ensure that they understand the business case for hiring more women. And we also do baseline and end line assessments so that our partners can understand where they started in their gender equality journey, uh, how they're progressing along the way, uh, and where they've ended at the end of the partnership. Uh, coming back to the business case, we work with each partner company to develop a, a unique business case for their organization. This is what allows us to secure um, executive buy-in for our program and also to reframe gender equality as a nice-to-have or a check-the-box activity towards a real business imperative uh, for our partner companies. We also have a tool that we use called, called the Best Practices Framework. This is um, a tool that we developed that defines a set of actions that companies can use at each phase of the employee life cycle. So, for example, if you're having difficulty recruiting and hiring more women, here are 10 actions that you can do in that phase to bring more women into the workforce or if you're trying to train more women or get more women into the succession pipeline, here's a set of actions that you can take to advance that. And we're really excited um, to launch this tool as a digital platform in the coming weeks where any company can come to our website, 
uh, take an assessment that gives them some insight into where they are in their gender equality journey, identify gender equality gaps at their company, uh, receive recommendations for how to fill that gap, and then download an action plan that gives them a sort of stepwise approach for advancing gender equality at each phase of the employee life cycle. So we're gonna be excited to be sharing that out um, with our partners and the world in, in the coming weeks. The next piece that I think is really important is that we have a team of gender equality and change management coaches who are experts in guiding our partners through the process of advancing gender equality at the company. So um, along the way, challenges and barriers arise as companies try to enact initiatives to advance women in the workplace. And our coaches are incredibly adept at uh, keeping our partners motivated, helping them work around those obstacles, and um, stay accountable to the changes that they have, have agreed and want to make. And then lastly, and importantly, we engage men in the workplace and we train employees to become change agents for gender equality at their organization. This is really important for um, creating the kind of changes in hearts and minds and behavior that's needed to make companies in male-dominated industries supportive workplaces for women. And it also allows us to make sure that our program and approach has been embedded at the company sustainably and that it's really owned by and implemented by the staff and employees at the companies that we work with. Thank you for explaining that. I, I really think that it's interesting because the competitive advantage is that for an employer, you increase the number of stakeholders that where they can find any type of opportunities. And what I find interesting as well is that it's a collaborative approach where you make everyone kind of deconstruct some interiorized social or cultural uh, ideas that they might have of gender agencies. So that's why I think that it's very important to highlight this type of initiatives. Is it possible to learn a little bit more about your organization, so USAID's Engendering Industries, uh, and what are your objectives as an organization, and, and how do you work with your partners in order to make sure that gender equality is ensured? Yes. So. Our key objective is to advance gender equality across all male-dominated industries. Um, we know that um, gender equality increases business performance. It improves business performance across a range of metrics. So whether that be um, productivity or employee satisfaction, uh, retention, uh, revenue and profitability, these metrics improve as gender equality advances. And so, for us, our approach is not just about changing staff composition. So you're hiring five women, you're hiring five men, now we have gender equality and we're done. That's not the way we look at it. It's really important to create the enabling environment for women and men both to be successful in an organization, uh, to make sure that we're bu building a positive workplace culture where women are engaging in a meaningful way, where their ideas are um, sought and valued and integrated into business plans. So um, that's really our objective, is that we, we advance gender equality in industry and that uh, those women are able to participate in a meaningful way and that business performance improves as a result. Thank you for this explanation. What I also liked was um, 
the mentorship side of your program because what I assume is the approach must be that basically in this process of deconstructing stereotypes, it's not about making a stakeholder feel bad about preconditioned ideas, but more about having everyone at the same table understand uh, how to interact with each other and also have an environment that is actually positive for value creation. Yeah, I think it's about sen sensitizing the company on the back end to the journey that a, a girl and a young woman and a woman go through uh, where to the point where they're even interviewing at a company. So for example, um, in talking with young people this week, first uh, a young woman needs to you know, maybe convince her parents or her family that she should go to a technical school or a vocational school, that that would be a good and acceptable pathway for her. So that's one barrier. And then perhaps she's accepted into a university program and the uh, STEM program that she's in is male-dominated. It's, it's male-dominated classrooms, male-dominated teams, and that, that could be a challenging environment for a young woman. And then after that, uh, perhaps she needs to go get a master's degree if she wants to take an, get an electrical engineering job, and then she needs to go through the application process. So there are these multiple phases where women can drop off or become demotivated. So we want to ensure that our partners understand what it takes for a woman to get to the point that she's even applying at that company and to do more to reach out, for example, to secondary school um, students, to university students. How do we make sure that women who are in male-dominated STEM programs stay motivated and engaged? Perhaps someone at the company could mentor them. Some of our partners offer scholarships to young women um, in STEM um, who are pursuing a STEM education. Um, and then there's internship and training opportunities, job sharing opportunities. There's a range of initiatives that we support our partners to enact that will help young women come into their workforce. That's, that's very nice. I like the fact of kind of institutionalizing the process of having a woman go from a graduate to actually career growth, etc. So yeah, very interesting. My other question is, what is the role of the youth uh, in this specific context? Obviously, the Youth Energy Summit, so <laughs> just for our younger audience to understand. Yeah, I had the pleasure of speaking to an audience of young, um, young people yesterday, and they asked incredible uh, questions, and they were really um, interested to know what they could and should be doing um, to advance this issue in the workforce. And I think as the next generation of leaders, it's important that we start working with young people early to show them that gender equality in a male-dominated industry can be achieved, that there are people and companies that are interested in ensuring that they are a gender-equitable workplace and that we're supporting them to do that. Um, you know, something that I said to the group yesterday was if you understand what, for example, a survivor-centered approach to sexual harassment and workplace gender-based violence looks like, when you move into a company or when you move into a leadership role, you'll be able to enact that or you'll be able to demand that from your employer. So I think it's about sensitizing this next generation as they come into the workforce on what a gender equitable workplace should look like 
and also inspiring them or ensuring them that it can be done and there are companies that are working towards that. Okay, thank you for this. I just have one final question, which is what are the obstacles that you face with organizations when wanting to implement the program? So it's not in terms of implementing it in a corporate context, but what are the preconditioned ideas that stakeholders might have when presented this program? And also, what would you have to respond to that? I think uh, change on gender equality in a male-dominated industry is slow and challenging, and it takes time. Um, keeping our partners motivated, uh, supporting them to work through the barriers that arise is challenging, and this is why it's incredibly important to have a coach or someone who sort of has the reins of the program that will uh, support partners and employees to push past those challenges. I think um, another challenge is creating a holistic, supportive, enabling environment for women. We have uh, women that are coming on to really male-dominated infrastructure crews, for example, um, ensuring that the technical teams are going to be supportive of that individual, that they're going to accept her, um, and that the operating environment is going to be safe for her. Um, so it's really about um, devolving down from the top across the organization and ensuring that the mission is taken up not just by leadership, but by people at all management levels, by people at the entry level, making sure that it, as employees, new employees are onboarded, they're being sensitized by leadership, that there's an expectation that this individual will be supportive of other women in the organization and, and things like that. And so um, change takes time, um, but we know that. And if you stay diligent and dedicated, it is possible. Yeah, no, I really think that the, the topic of gender equality is the most, I mean, for the Youth Energy Summit in terms of the agenda, one of the ones that comes up the most, because I think that for too long we have been uh, not acknowledging the fact that actually we have double amount of stakeholders who can ensure development. So I'm sure that this program will be very much more uh, successful than it already is. So as a final question, I just wanted to ask, what are the next steps for you? We want to keep having impact. Um, over the last two years alone, our 41 partner companies have hired and promoted over 8,400 women, and 43% of those companies are now reporting really interesting um, business performance improvements, whether that relates to revenue or profit, retention or employee satisfaction. So we want to keep going. We want to keep expanding. Um, we are really excited to be launching some online tools that will allow us to take the model to scale, um, including the uh, digitized tool, the best practices framework. This will allow any company in a male-dominated industry to come in and see the approach that we use and the model that we run and, and use the tools to kind of do it, do it yourself. So we want people to DIY it if they can't join the program, and we just hope to grow from here.
Thank you so much, Morgan. That was very inspiring, and uh, we hope to see you at the Youth Energy Summit next year, hopefully. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> this series was recorded at the Africa Energy Forum 2023 in Nairobi, Kenya. Join us for this and other episodes as we talk to the industry players, stakeholders, and rising stars of Africa's energy sector.